Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Don't mind us, we're playing through. Here's Froggy, Brian Golf, and Wacker. It's another edition of the Playing Through Podcast. Always keeping up to date on everything golf. It's uh, Froggy, at Froggy Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Here with Brian Wacker today, uh, at Brian Wacker one on Twitter. And Brian Golf's at the PGA Show. So he'll be back with all the cool new gadgets, telling us all about everything going on. Uh, you know, all the stuff we'll waste money on and because our game's not good and of just actually like learning how to swing the club. But today, we're going to talk to a guy who I'm really interested to talk to. His name is Dean Snell. He's the president of Snell Golf. And you're going to you're not going to realize that you know a lot about Dean Snell until we talk to him. You're going to find out all about him. Dean, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> Doing very well. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. It's a little cold here, but we need some sun to get on the golf course pretty soon. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I know. You're <laughs> definitely going to need some sunshine. So uh, I was reading all about you, Snell Golf, affordable golf balls for the regular guy. So you once worked at Titleist, then at TaylorMade, and now you're making your own golf balls. Yeah, I've been very fortunate, in all honesty, to work with two of the you know two of the best companies in golf, with Titleist and TaylorMade, and you know, have nothing but good things to say about both companies. You know, they're very, very good to me, and I, and I enjoyed working there. Um, a couple of years back, the the direction I TaylorMade was going with the golf ball side to it, and what they really wanted to do in the focus on the club side, you know, it was an opportunity for me to say, hey, you know, golf was really hurting. You know, memberships were down, courses were closing, people weren't playing, um, the the market shares were down quite a bit, and as far as the golf business goes, so. Um, I thought maybe you know now's the time to see if all the stuff that I've been able to do for the last 25 years working with those companies and specifically with the tour players, if I could bring that back to consumers, um, bring some of that technology and materials, processes, and the designs, and make it affordable for consumers that really never had the tour players get this stuff for free, so right. they don't they don't buy. But uh, if I could make a, a tour type golf ball that could be affordable for everybody to have and try and, uh, you know, maybe let you go play two rounds instead of one or, or something like that. That was the goal for when we started. Um, we started self-funded and keep it small, and, you know, it's it's kind of it's kind of taken off. It's a direct model. We ship straight to your home for free, and, and it's uh, not for free shipping, and um, and uh, things are going well. Really? So there's, so there's no storefront? You can't buy them in the store if you want to buy them at snellgolf.com, correct? 
That's correct. Yeah, there's a few small places that have called. Um, you know, again, if you the system that's out there now with sales reps and and tour players and going into pro shops and you know create make the golf balls be forty five fifty dollars a dozen. So if we take that, we had five tour players approach us so far to play play the ball, but you know they want money, and that's not our business model. Really? We if we do that kind of uh, business, now we're going to be 45 to $50 a dozen. So we respectfully declined, you know, and if they want them, we'll give them to them. But, you know, supporting the tours is an expense, and, you know, all those things add up. So um, you know, we, we are in a few pro shops. If the pro shops are interested, they've called us. We've got a program for them. They pay up front. We ship so we don't have to chase money. And, uh, you know, and we've probably grown that maybe about 65 or 70 pro shops now that's growing. But it's 95% of our businesses direct online now i see here you've got two two balls the M- mtb black and mtb red and I, I know i know that a lot of people want to compare to the pro v1 or the pro v1x or the tp5 or the tp5x so is what what are the what's the difference in the black and the red so we had, we started a couple of years back with just one tour ball and it was called mtb so it was my tour ball mtb and and what I do is you know when i worked with TaylorMade and titleist i worked with all the tour players and i used their feedback to design product so i'd go see them work with them and they they'd have a lot of little things each player had a different thing that they were very good at but that's that's what we did so we would design the golf balls and then we would sell them so everybody got what they wanted in the ball this approach is a little different i've taken the current mtb that we had which is a three-piece cast urethane golf ball and i read all the social media sites all the emails all the feedback for the last couple of years and i created a, a box or a chart on my desk high spin low spin you know drivers mid irons approach shots wedges um the high trajectory low trajectory soft feel firm feel you know all these little things and then as i read all the information that the consumers that are actually playing the ball say for feedback um i write them in the box so when a box fills up that's a voice when those voices are there, then I started the prototype work. So the MTB was a was a very successful ball for us. Um, very a very uh, soft feel, but uh, the the goal for it was you know to try to control spin, to try to contr- control uh, approach shot spin into the green. So when you hit the balls, don't suck back, and you know they're better in the wind. And then the feedback we got from our customers was, yeah, I like the ball, but can you add a little more spin on your seven, eight, nine pitch and wedge, a wedge shots? So that's what we started to develop on the MTB Red. So, so the MTB Red is a four-piece urethane ball. Now we added an inside layer um, and created a little more spin with the 789 pitching wedge uh, for the players that need it um, compared to the original MTB. So MTB Black is, a, is an upgrade to MTB, a uh, little bit lower driver spin, a little bit softer in feel, but everything else is the same. And then the MTB Red is um, an additional spin with the, with the approach shots into the green. And then around the green, very soft feel with a lot of spin. Now, Dean, I just have one question, really. How far does the ball go? Because, as you know, especially being in the ball business, that is the number one topic when it comes to equipment, the discussion of how far guys are hitting it these days. Look at a, on tour, for example, 67 players. Right now, currently averaging 300 yards or better off the tee. It's a big debate, but let's start with, with your ball, how far it goes, and then I want to get into your thoughts on the on the great distance debate that we're once again mm-hmm. having. We seem to have every year or every five years or ten years. It's been going on forever. You know this. Um, yeah, 25 years in a row for me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. So first of all, your, your, your ball uh, in terms of uh, being uh, how far it goes uh, in terms of distance. 
Well, the, the, there's two things that the U, there's five criteria the USGA require us to do on golf balls, and they're all really related to distance. There's a size and a weight part of it that you know they put restrictions on to control distance. There's a symmetry part, which means it has to fly the same no matter how it's teed up. And then the other two factors are uh, velocity and overall distance. So they they've had velocity testing in place forever and the maximum limit on velocity hasn't changed at all so i know people talk about the golf balls today go too fast um they don't go any faster than they did 40 years ago uh, wound golf balls used to actually be made over the legal limit and then the ballada cover would bring them back down right to the limit so ballada golf balls and today's golf balls have the exact same speed they're not any faster it's impossible the usga hasn't changed the rule um and then the overall distance standard which they do a lot of testing. So when you, when you think about the overall distance standard that they put out there, we run our velocities and our overall distance standards right to the max. So we're, the golf balls that we just submitted, we're at, you actually get almost like on a warning list for them saying, hey, be careful, you're at the max. So it, the balls under their control testing and the way they do it can't go any further. We've maxed it out. So so. The distance gain, you know, so the golf balls are all going to be long. It's really the player that controls the launch and spin. But the distance debate that's out there today um, is not about velocity at all. You know, and for me, it's not even a, a, a golf ball, sole golf ball issue. I, I think the tour players are, are freaks of nature today with respect to golf. Um, their fitness re- regime that they do is unbelievable. So, so if you put this in perspective, when I started in golf in 1990, um, the average ball speed off the face of the driver back then was about 160 miles an hour. Wow. And today they're about 175 miles an hour, these guys, the long hitters. So that's 15 mile an hour faster that the ball is coming off the face. And at their speeds, one mile an hour is about two and a half yards. But the golf ball is not any faster in design. So this is what they're being able to do for the ball to make the ball go further. They could hit it harder. The, the drivers are bigger. The sweet spots are huge. The shafts, the clubs are longer. They, the players swing like crazy. You know, they're twisting around. So, so there's, a, there's a lot of there's four factors that go into this distance debate. One is the players fitness and how how they can generate ball speed one is the club you know the clubs have become um, higher loft lower spin bigger sweet spots um, longer so that's added distance one is the fairways i think some of the balls in hawaii are still rolling from the (laughs) event a couple weeks ago and then and then one is the ball and in my opinion and i've looked at this for a long long time it's it's equal it's about 25 percent of the distance problem is equal in those four areas so so if you and I studied uh, La Costa used to have a West Coast swing come through there and they play La Costa and one year it rained so La Costa was very soft and I looked at the top five uh, ten players and the five best players in the world that played in that event and I looked at their driver distance and it was 27 yards shorter the year it rained you know so so when you if the grounds are softer with these guys play and the roll is reduced, that's going to help some of the problem. Um, but but you know their, their fairways are pretty pretty well mown and they're pretty firm and the balls roll out pretty far and they they get a lot of distance. But if you solve if you try to say this you you move players back 30 yards in in golf just because of the ball, what you're going to end up doing is you're going to end up creating a bigger problem on tour with the same guys going to win. Because today, even though these guys are hitting wedges in, the shorter hitters are still hitting pitching wedges and nine irons, and you're able to get close through proximity to the 
pins about 15 feet for the best player from 100 yards. So, so they're able to stay in the game. If you move Dustin Johnson back to have to hit eight irons into all these par fours, you're moving the Fred Funks and the short hitters back to hitting four or five irons. Right. And that's going to be a big problem. You know, right. you're, the, you're game's be, hitters. the game's going to be easier for Dustin still, and it's going to be way harder for those guys. Exactly. And then the other side to it is there isn't a, anybody in the world that's going to want to go buy those golf balls because you've got to sell them if you want to make them. So, <laughs> hey, let's make a ball that goes 30 yards shorter. I don't play with anybody on Saturday that's asking me to make the ball shorter. Right. You know, right. <laughs> and the guys I play with still suck. So, it's, it's you know, it, it's it, it's supposed to be a fun game for people. You know, the tour players, they do have, you know, are creating some problems with courses, making them really short. I, I totally agree with it. But I I said something to someone the other day saying, hey, how come the, the – the golf ball, you want to make the ball shorter when you have a driver problem, right? It's a driver issue, like the distance on the driver. So why do you want to change all the performance of the golf ball for everybody and move players all the way back? Why don't you make a, a, a tour driver so that the, the manufacturers can make just a driver? So the sweet spot's smaller, the head's smaller, the, the length is restricted, and they can't hit their driver that far. They have to dial it back a little bit. And now they can play the rest of the game that they've played. Well, that's going to ruin the driver business, you know. So it it doesn't. No one's going to want to buy that driver. So I think you really create a, a huge problem when you try to solve a four factor problem with one with one uh, part of the four. Well, and that and then you're uh, and then it gets into a matter of bifurcation, i.e., a, a different set of rules, and and even this pertains to equipment, um, amateur versus professional, a tour ball. We've heard some talk of this, of course, um, especially in in recent months, in recent years a tour ball versus a ball that everybody else would play because you're right. I don't think anybody on a Saturday is asking, uh, no. you know, to hit the ball. Shorter. No, I'd yeah. love to hit a little yeah. further. Yeah. 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 And, and with some guys actually that play is, you know, the golf business and the people that buy, play golf, the age is not 20 years old as average. It's a little bit older. And, and a lot of times people are moving up tees, you know, they're going up. They're not saying this golf course is, you know, got to be lengthened. It's got to be shortened for them right. as they get a little older. So, you know, you, you, you're focusing on the tour as a solution to a golf business problem. And there's a, the fifth factor that comes into this is money. You know, if you well, if you, no, let's, if you win a ball one, contract. Right? I mean, that's, let's yeah. face it, that's, that really is the number one thing driving all of this yeah there's there'd be no business so what manufacturer is going to raise their hand saying let me make the tour golf ball so i'm going to make this i'm going to spend about two two million dollars to tool it up because i got to create a new whole new dimple pattern and a whole new set of cavities and it's going to cost me two million dollars to tool this up and i'm going to make them and i'm going to let the tour players play them and then no one's going to want to buy them right and then the ones that you give to the tour players you give them to them for free so you're not getting any money any, any money back that way either Exactly. There's no reason to want to do it, and the tour players are going to say, "Geez, I don't have to play this golf ball, you know, from you right now because they all go this this much shorter." So, you know, I don't, I don't really, I don't really have a reason, you know. So they're not going to pay the tour, and no one's going to, you know, so no one's going to get any. They can't, they can't sell the golf balls. The tour players play them, so there's no endorsement tied to it to say, "Hey, this is the ball that Sergio Garcia just won with this week. You, you can play this." No, I don't. It's 30 yards shorter than the one I got. You right. can play it. Right, you know? Dean. Where where does all this go? Where where's the limit? I mean, are we going to see the days of 9,000 yard golf courses on on tour? Or you know, I mean, I mean, at some point there has to be a limit. I I would think. Um, where do you see this going in, in 10, 20 years from now? Well, I I think you're really at the um, 
I think you're really at the distance max right now. You know, I don't think you can, by by design of the golf balls, um, you know, having a low spin, high launch golf ball design, that's there today. The velocity can't be made any faster. Um, the spin rates are very low. They're down in the 2,000 today. So so we the drivers try to lower spin. The ball tries to lower spin. That lets the players hit it higher and lets it go a little bit further. So I don't think the incremental 30, 40 yards of gain is going to be there. I think where you're at today is going to be pretty close. I mean, these guys are all athletic. You know, the, it, there's really a nice... If the tour really wanted to try to do something, you know, they can control. They control the golf course. They control the rough. They control the shape of the rough. They they control the fairways. Everything. So if they really wanted to say, hey, you know, you, there's there's equipment that you put in the ground that tells you, you know, where the water level is and if it needs to be watered. And if they wanted to soften them up a little bit so there's not as much roll. That'll help. If they want to shape fairways about 290 yards out to bring them in a little bit or whatever, you know, with a little bit longer rough, that'll help, you know, and that and that's going to take some of the, the thought process when these guys stand on the tee or what they want to do. Not U.S. Open type because the players will get hurt if they play in that all, all the time. Right. But but you can you can do stuff with that that's that's going to bring the distance back a little bit without changing anything. And then on Monday morning, cut it and let us play. You know, Sunday right. the tournament's over, and then then the rest of the year your golf course is okay for everybody. So, I think that's a start that they could try to. They tried to do it with the rough. They first they tried to do it with the wedges. You know, and uh, and what do the players do? They figure out how to control distances out of the rough with the grooves, and they actually get closer to the pin than they did with the other grooves. So they're they're that good. But uh, I don't see a whole lot of people complaining when you know when when the Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas have a little shootout against each other on Sunday, you know, and right. it's exciting. Versus let's let's watch guys hit four irons into greens and center of greens and then make par. His golf is boring now, right. and you know, and it's exactly. not no fun. So I kind of like it. I kind of like the, the seeing a guy hit the bombs and taking a shot with a wedge yeah. to a tight pin and stuff. But to other people, the courses don't like it because and 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 you know, Titleist did a, ver- a very nice. Um, report it's on their website actually uh, about this and it shows the scoring average the driver distance the money list for the tour players these long hitters and nothing's changed it, ha- it hasn't it hasn't changed anything the, the scoring averages are the same so the distance is the big question but the game isn't really being ruined by it you know yeah, it bothered me last year when Dustin Johnson you remember the playoff it was Dustin Johnson and Jordan Spieth and Dustin took that ridiculous line uh, <laughs> yeah. over the corner yeah. And there were a lot of people upset. Like, um, I remember Ian Poulter was upset. It shouldn't have come down to this. And uh, Brandel Chambly was upset. And I'm like, wait a second, guys. You know, Dustin Johnson took that line. He still had to hit a great golf shot. And if you remember, he had to make a putt to get into the playoff, number one. And then he hit a wet shot in there tight and made it. Like, well, that's not fair because Jordan hit driver and was back and had it. I mean, that's that's just what golf has turned into. Some of these guys are freaks. They hit the ball a mile long. And if you hit the ball a mile long and you hit it straight, you should be rewarded by hitting a wedge into a green. 100% 100% agree. Yeah, the good analogy is is baseball. When you know when when these freaks from the Yankees come up now, the Stanton and uh, Judge, yeah. you know, because they can hit the ball 500 feet, but the second baseman can't. They don't let the second baseman hit from the pitcher's mound. You know, right. you, you got you got to still bat from home plate, and you can still win the game with a single or a double. You know, so you, th- there's always going to be someone stronger than you, someone that can hit it further than you. But if you really slow it down, I think you're you're creating a bigger problem in the game. Um, in all aspects of it, with respect to money, with respect to tour wins, and then respect to how people are seeing the game of golf, you know, that buy the products. And you bring up a good point about baseball. I think that's a, a great analogy also from the standpoint 
of look, look at how often we had right, let me back up. We we had the steroid era in baseball. Right. Balls were flying out of parks in record rate. There were then there was an image problem because baseball had this steroid issue. So the sport went through a big downturn because of that. Then we went through a, a very brief period post steroids where you saw a lot of teams winning with not the long ball, a lot of doubles, a lot of situational hitting, great pitching, so on and so forth. Right. Now there's a lot of talk within baseball that the ball is juiced, and, and we're seeing guys, um, you know, maybe the players aren't juiced, but now the ball's juiced and because for baseball it's good for business if balls are flying out. People Absolutely. like seeing home runs. and, and why I they have a home think, run derby. They don't have yeah. a single derby. Or the, or, or the double derby. No, they have a That's home run right. derby because we want to watch people. It's just like a long drive contest. Exactly. We have a long drive contest because people want to see the ball go 400 yards. Yep. I, I've never in my life seen the wedge tour where people go out and watch guys <laughs> hit wedges. That's not, it's not what we want to see. Dean, do you yep. think we'll have a day on tour? I cited those numbers, um, how many guys are averaging 300 yards, and, and sort of now the, the talk is, and I've talked to a number of players about this, what is a bomber these days? Um you know, you can certainly look at a Jordan Spieth who averages just a shade under 300 but is not considered short. Um, so do you think we'll have a day when the average or, or sorry, the leader, um, you know, is 350, 375, somewhere in that range off the tee and, and where you have 100 or 125 guys all hitting it 300 yards off the tee? And, and does that make it better in your eyes? Does it, does it, is it more exciting if golf continues that direction? Uh, I don't know if if it'll ever be all all of that that many because you know as you guys know the game of golf is far more than the drive, you know so so there's there's a lot of good guys that I've worked with a lot of good players that I I'd put a, a pitching wedge in the hand before I put a sand wedge in the hand and watch them mm. watch how close they can get it you know because of the height and the control, but but I I, I think that there's so many good players out there the the average ball speed is increasing which is obviously a reflection of distance increasing I think that's going to continue to happen from a ball sport speed point of view because I think there's going to be more players like the Dustin Johnson's coming but I don't think it'll be you know a, a, the the whole tour would be that way now right. there's, there's still there's still room for the singles hitters in uh, in golf no question about and it we, can, and we had this win. conversation last week in Hawaii with some players where or two weeks ago where you know we and not that long ago Luke Donald was number one in the world Lee Westwood number one in the world these are guys who are not long hitters particularly um, you know and are those days over do you have to be a bomber, in other words? Or is just everybody yeah. going to hit it far? Yeah, I, I, it'll grow. The list will grow, but I don't think you have to be. You know, I don't think you've got to be, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think you – Dustin Johnson is number one in the world because he figured out how to hit a wedge because he's always right. hit the ball a long way. Absolutely. You know? You know, and then the and then the other aspect to to being number one is comes into the putter. You know, when you when you're out on tour and and every your approach shots from 100 yards are 16 feet average, that those aren't tap ins for birdies. You know, right. so you got to be able to make some putts, and that's a another skill. So the good putters of the game are always Jordan Spieth. He might not be 300 yards, but he's probably one of the best putters out there. You know, which right. is why he's been up there. So right. Dustin Johnson's yeah, I, hit it long his whole life, but when he figured yeah. out how to knock wedges to five feet and make putts. He went to number yep. one in the world, and that's just the way it is. And that just yeah. like John Rom, John Rom hits at a mile, and he's the number yep. number two player in the world now. But why? Because he makes putts. Yeah, exactly. And he and he's, he'll be number one someday. That guy I worked with him when I was a tailor mate. He is unbelievably good. Really? Yeah, he's he's a, he's he's 
he's got to control his temper a little bit. He's got to control the <laughs> the emotion a little bit. Yeah. But he's young. He'll learn that. You know, He'll he's just that. a fiery guy. But but he's young. But uh, yeah, I, I, I go back to a long times too. And when I first started working in golf, I, w- I worked with Tiger at, when I was a Titleist. I worked with Tiger with the Titleist professional. And him and his father came in, and we spent two straight weeks of just testing the ball to understand. And Tiger took the game of understanding what every single club is and what it does and trajectory and spin, and he had it dialed to know everything before he left. And the educational part and the fitness part, you know, all changed when he did that. But he used to hit the ball as long as anybody out on tour, and he was number one. Then he used to hit the ball three fairways over and he'd come over the top and make the putt for birdie and he'd still be number one right. you know so the the distance side to it's there the accuracy has to still be there the control of it and then you still got to make putts you know he wasn't the best driver in the world he could hit it far but he could still win because right. he could make putts you know dean you, you brought up an interesting point there of course with tiger and you know your long history in golf one of the co-inventors of the original pro v1 and uh worked with TaylorMade and, and on down the line as well as titleist and of course, Tiger is a noted equipment freak. I mean, I've heard all the stories about just how intelligent he is, how curious he is. Give us your best Tiger testing equipment testing story in your experience. Yeah, well, I worked with him at, when I was a Titleist early. So I, I, then he left Titleist and he went right. to Nike and uh, stuff. So the, those first two weeks, he was a kid. You know, he's just a, he was just a young kid with his dad. Um, and his father was was right there with him. You know, every shot he had to know. But Tiger, he when he left after two weeks, he could t- he could tell you what the spin rate of every club he had in his bag was going to be, and what the yardage to the yard was going to be. Wow. That, that that's where he tuned himself into. So he would work on swings if he he's, if he's hitting his uh, seven iron and his seven iron spinning seventy four hundred RPMs, and he didn't want that because it was ballooning. He would work on his swing to try to take four hundred RPMs out of that shot. Um, to to try to control to the 7,000, which was a distance that he could now say that's going to go 156 or something like that. You know, that's how good he was. And he was just a teenager. He was just a kid, yeah. Right. And he wanted to know every every shot. What was that? What was that spin? What was that? What's the yardage? And he he would look at the, tra- the trajectory and the yardage to say that spin's too much or not enough. And that's how he did the testing with him. Wow, <laughs> Excuse Dean, me. Yeah, thank was, you, thank you so much for coming on. Real quick, if you wanna, you know, you're tired of paying overpaying for golf balls it's snellgolf.com mtb black mtb red they've even got a test pack 32 dollars. you can test all the golf ball you can just test it it really is a great price and they've even got a lower uh like a lower grade ball it's called the get some only 21 dollars a dozen gets you golf balls that are quality golf balls tour quality yet you're not paying the crazy tour quality prices and get them at snellgolf.com Thank you so much, Dean. Really appreciate your time. Thanks, Dean. All right. Thanks for having me. See Thank you guys. Thank you very much. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Wow. Talk about a guy who is really totally knows all about, uh, you know, just to test with Tiger when he was a teenager. And back then, the guy was able to tone his swing to get the spin rate that he wanted on the golf ball back then. That's where you really see the difference in Tiger Woods and then some of these guys that just, as we know, play caveman golf, just see ball, hit ball. It really is a completely different aspect. But his 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 take on the golf ball distance is was was cut one I didn't really expect. He said it really hasn't changed that much. Well, look, he's in the golf ball business, you know, so I I understand where that's coming from. And and look, I, I never I, I'm of the camp that there's never really one answer to a big problem or a big question, rather. Right. Um, and certainly it's not just the golf ball, as he said. It's Absolutely, the equipment. I mean, we've seen oh, it with some of these freaks. incredibly thin faces where you're really stressing 
the driver to its max and getting this massive trampoline effect out of it. You're talking about the, you mentioned the athleticism, guys like Dustin Johnson and so forth, the swing speeds that these guys are coming at the ball with. All of it plays a role. The shafts, the club head, right. the golf ball. It's a totally different world. It really is. There's so much technology in the golf now that they're able to fine-tune every single piece of equipment, and that's why the ball is going further. I don't know that it's as much of a ball problem, like he said, as it is an equipment problem, but I don't know that it's really a problem. I mean, for example, we've got the waste management coming up in a couple weeks. I know everybody talks about the stadium hole and the hole-in-ones, but it's also, I believe it's the hole after that, it's a drivable par four. Everybody loves to watch that hole. You miss it a little bit left, it'll, it'll roll off in the water, but if you take that chance people still want to drive the golf ball a long ways. Well, it, it becomes a problem when some of the courses we have become, quite frankly, obsolete because of it, When because distance is no longer a factor there. But it makes it inter- interesting. You were, at the, you were at the tournament in Hawaii when, when uh, Dustin almost knocked in a hole-in-one on a par four. The ball rolled right up to the hole. I don't know, still don't know how it stopped to put the brakes on. I know that golf course now is probably becoming obsolete because of the distance. But it's fun to watch them hit the ball that far. It's all risk-reward. If you and I go and play there, I've got no chance of driving that green. These guys do because they're freaks. What it does, though, is it changes. It takes out some of the beauty and the architecture. You look at Augusta at the 13th hole, which they just purchased land behind the tee to potentially lengthen that hole out, make it even longer. Um, We see it at places like St. Andrews and some other links courses where they've had to change the golf course to combat you know, distance gains. And you just hope it doesn't get to a point where – the norm is 8,000-yard, 9,000-yard golf courses right. on tour because um, I do think – I do disagree a little bit with Dean from the standpoint of I don't think you're going to see sort of an average-length hitter ever be number one in the world. You know, Jordan Spieth – He's an average-length hitter. I, no, I, you know, he's, he's longer than people give him credit for. I mean, the right. average is about 298 off the tee, and he can crank it up a little bit here and there. Uh, he's definitely longer than, than most – people I would think suspect and right and um you know the days of a Luke Donald who is a Dean mentioned phenomenal short game that guy as good a bunker game as anybody in the world yeah terrific putter Zach Johnson short game Zach's another guy has two majors but probably never going to be number one probably in the world. probably not going to be number one in the world it, it's become a bomber's game at the professional level and yes. I and this is where you get into the pro game versus the amateur game because look you and I can go play, and, and we want all the distance we can get because oh, we sure. need it. You've seen me hit the ball. Yeah, I need all the distance I can get. Yeah, I'll take I'll take everything I can get all day <laughs> I, long. But, I need straight and long. I don't, yeah. I don't be well, we, we have a whole other set of problems, but right. uh, but yeah, I, I don't think golf is going backwards in this technology. We no. don't really see it in other sports. No, he makes a good um, point. Who who's going to make a tour ball that goes shorter? You yeah. can't sell it. The, the only would you go buy I a golf could, ball that goes shorter? No, certainly, and th- and that's uh, this is all driven by money, and it's and it's good for the tour it's good for business if you look at it from that perspective certainly that's just one slice of the pie it's good for for their business to have guys hitting in a mile people love to see the long ball they do so i don't see that changing anytime soon playing through with froggy brian golf and wacker If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.